Welcome to Improv Interviews with Margot Escott, a psychotherapist in Naples, Florida, who is using her 35 years of experience to develop improvisation programs benefiting and improving the lives of those with emotional and physical challenges. Improv Interviews brings together the world's leading improvisational theater masters, founders, and innovators who are using improvisation therapeutically in unique and surprising ways. With great guests that include legends like Ed Asner and Aretha Sills, you're sure to learn something new about improvisation. This is Improv Interviews with your host, Margot Escott. Today's guest is wonderful Ellen Schnur from, did I pronounce that right, Ellen? You did. From uh, uh, Chicago area. And I'm so happy to have you as a guest today. It's so exciting to see you again. Oh, Margo, I'm thrilled to be here. Trust me, this is an honor. I've been going, listening to all your other amazing guests that you've had. So to be on here with you is, it's a true honor for me. Oh, Thank you, but that's too much. Um, Ellen and I met, I think it was September 2017, and we were at the Yes And Mental Health Conference in Chicago, uh, orchestrated by the wonderful Stephanie Mack, um, who did such a great job. And Ellen has, you can't see it in audience land, but Ellen has the program. And Ellen, what were some of the things we saw back then? Because that's when we first met. Yes. I know we were at Rachel Mason's workshop. Yes, Rachel Mason. Oh, I I have my book still of notes. And I mean, there's like five pages of Rachel Mason. Mason, I can't talk this morning. Um, but then there was uh, Daniel Wiener, Dr. Wiener. He was on relational therapy. That was really a good one. And uh, social theater, uh, m- mental health and and improv uh, oh and oh you interviewed him on his on your podcast um let me find his name because i don't want to i'll botch his name i'm sure asif uh romanelli asiel romanelli there you go see (laughs) thank you for for that um he was so amazing i still remember the uh repair uh Rift and repair, or what was that? Oh, I guess I don't remember it so well, but the uh, rupture and repair. Do you remember that? You talked about that in your podcast, too. Anyway, when there's a rupture in a relationship, you need to repair it. And he he went into, it was fascinating. And then there was this really cool one. This was the best. It was so cool. It's called Playful Play. New Games Workshop by none other than Margot Escott which I attended and it was wonderful. I hadn't really thought of playful play before and you really, it was a really fun, fun workshop. Thank you so much for that, Ellen. That's terrific. And, and Nick John was there and I have done some work with kids on the spectrum as well. I know if you took Nick's workshop, it was fantastic, but so many wonderful people were there. It was just such a great time. And, you know, Daniel Wiener has a, a certificate program is called Rehearsals for Growth Training Certificate. I'm involved in it now. Oh. And for therapists who want to use improv in their clinical work. So, um, yeah, and it, it's, it was such an uplifting experience. And, of course, I got to stay in Chicago an extra week because Hurricane Irma was going on back home. So, Oh, wow. I got to go to more shows and <laughs> felt sorry for my family, but oh, well. 
<laughs> oh, well, hey, when you're in Chicago, you've got to go to the shows. They're so great. And I'm so sad that I.O. closed and Second City's for sale. The world really is shaking up, I tell you. It really is. But it's not letting us down. So let's talk a little bit more about you. You come from Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah, I do. <laughs> Minnesota, Swedish, nice family, yeah. <laughs> and how'd you get to the Chicago area? My husband worked for Hewlett Packard and we got transferred here and he's actually from here. So I was in management and training and things like that. And um, when we moved here, I just kind of, I went freelance and did a lot of training and, and uh, management consulting and sales training, consulting, things like that. Um, but never had any theater experience at all. Uh, except when I was, I think I was five, we used to do Batman uh, plays for my, our parents. I still remember that, but <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we moved here from, um, from Minnesota and I uh, raised my kids here, did a lot of volunteer work and actually started, helped start a community theater for kids. And they, I was the executive director and I watched kids literally transform from the experience going from real shy to just very outgoing and happy. And I don't know if it made them happy, but it very outgoing and, and fearless on stage in front of people. Right. So that stuck with me and I have put my kids through it too. And to this day, they're fearless as far as giving presentations or anything like that. But, uh, so then I, uh, my kids were going off to college and I read this quote by Catherine Hepburn and said, um, uh, you, you must face your fears or you will become soggy. And uh, you will become soggy. And I thought, you know what? That's how I feel right now, soggy. Um, and so I, I decided I needed to do something. And I joined a, an improv group and um, a community improv. Had you ever done improv before? No. So I thought to myself that I thought to myself, okay, what would scare me performing in front of people? And I remembered those kids transforming and I thought, well, I don't want to memorize lines. That doesn't sound like fun at all. So I just said, I'll try improv. And I started making some calls and I found a community improv group and they said, sure, come join us. <laughs> I'll never forget. I sitting at the kitchen table with my kids and my husband. And I told them I was joining an improv group and, and my my oldest just looked at me with this very serious look and he goes, but mom, you're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I did it and I loved it. And I, I, ne I hadn't had that much fun and I couldn't even remember it, just playing with these people and doing these crazy games. And then they said, you know, we're having a show next week. You need to be in the show. And I'm like, Oh, really? I, I don't think I'm ready. I said, sure you are. You're great. This is fun. It'll be fun. So we performed in a bar and I invited family and friends and doing a show. How fun, exciting. And I get out on stage and I was horrified, terrified and terrible. So I hid backstage until everybody left. <laughs> and uh, my husband was sitting at the bar and I ordered a martini and I don't drink martinis. Um, and uh, I said, oh my gosh, I was terrible. And he said, nothing. He said nothing. So 
So I said, I, I should just quit this. And he said, okay. <laughs> and that just made me mad. So mm. uh, something inside me just went, no way, this is too fun. So I just burst out. I'm taking classes at Second City. That's it. And I started and it was, that was where my improv journey began. And that was um, 10 years ago. So. Well, we started around the same time, but you were taking classes at Second City. How wonderful. And what did you study there? Did you go through any kind of levels or what was it that you worked on? I did all the, all the levels one through five. And I took the two acting classes and a lot of side workshops, but what really transformed from, things for me was my first level teacher, Kat, Kat Barker. Um, she was amazing. And she, she really, really encouraged us to incorporate the principles that we were learning, especially yes and in our lives. So I did. And I, I'll never forget. I was sitting at the Thanksgiving dinner table of my in-laws. Okay. And remember I told you I came from Minnesota, Swedish, nice family. Well, this is a Chicago, very loud, boisterous family. And for years and years, I had gone to these family occasions and I didn't know how to participate. You know, I'd try, they, they would get louder and louder and they'd interrupt and they'd talk over. And I couldn't figure out how to jump in. Every time I'd try, I just got talked over and interrupted. So I'd go into the kitchen and start the cleanup, right? And just thinking, you know, I guess they just really don't like me or something. I don't know, but I didn't know what to do. So then I took, I was um, in at Second City and I was learning about yes and. So there I am sitting at the table and I thought, okay, I'm going to yes and this. And I thought, okay. And, to, and what she really, really, um, made sure we understood is yes. And doesn't mean that you have to like it or accept it. You need to just stop, postpone your judgment and jump in. Right. So I said, I said, okay, am I judging them? Oh yeah. I think they're rude. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, they're not nice people. And I'm like, I didn't, Oh wow. Okay. So I'm going to let go of that judgment and I'm just going to yes. And this whole thing. And I started yelling, okay? I had an opinion about something that they were talking about. It was political, I'm sure. And I started yelling, literally yelling. And they all stopped talking and listened to me. And I thought, oh my God, they're going to think I'm nuts. But no, I was at their level. That was yelling for me, okay? And I, they listened and I've, suddenly I was part of the conversation. And I learned from that that, you know... I, I, if you just stop judging people and jump into where they are, you can participate in anything. And now I tell that story to every new girlfriend and uh, wife and whoever joins the family just to say, Hey, you know, this is, this family might not be like yours, but they're wonderful people. You just gotta yes. And them. Right. So. And that's a wonderful example of using yes. And in real life. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and, and I just kept discovering more and more opportunities. And so then I started having coffee with my teacher and talking about how it applies. And she started telling me stories and we decided to do a improv for women workshop. And I was, we were, oh, I was so excited. And so she told me a story. Um, sorry, I'm doing all the talking here, but. Um, that's, that's the point. That's the I point. Figured. This is all about you. I'll throw in my my comments if needed. But it's wonderful to listen to you. Please go on. Okay. Um, 
So she told me this story about her first performance at Second City. She, you know, they had, they had, uh, they all dressed in black and, you know, they have the little smaller stages. And so she described being behind the curtain and kind of looking through and it was a packed house and, and uh, they all came out on stage and she was nervous, but excited. And they, she started a scene with someone and all of a sudden she said the word Moitel. She meant to say motel, but she said motel, and she freaked out. She froze, and she thought to herself, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. I I just blew the scene. They're going to think I'm so stupid. I can't believe I said that. So she's standing there frozen, and her scene mates saw that, okay? And And they heard her say motel, and they knew the audience heard her say motel, so they turned that scene into her first day of Yiddish barber school. And suddenly she was a rock star. So I've used that story in, in my uh, workshops ever since, just because I think it really illustrates all the principles of having people's back and listening and what to do when you're scared and all those things. It's just, so anyway, she moved to LA. And so I just started doing my own little workshops at Toastmasters because I was doing Toastmasters too. So that's how I got started doing this stuff. Oh, that's fabulous. I'm the Toastmasters as well. I haven't been going recently, but I've been very involved in Toastmasters in the past. Got my little CM or whatever it was called. Uh, Competent Communicator, CC. CC. Okay, see, that's how long I've done it, though. But that was great because I've always been interested in speaking in front of people. So, and and you have too, really, because you've done so much. So after second, now, did you start performing? Did you perform at second? city where where were you playing or did you have a troupe or what happened next well i i i went on and i did all the classes at io all the improv levels at io and side workshops and then i started taking other workshops jimmy corain and jill bernard and um up in minnesota and uh brave oh, workshop oh jill's fantastic and so is jimmy i just love jimmy i've done some work with him too yeah i know i i i listen to part of that podcast. I, I tell you, you're, I, I'm addicted to your podcast. Nancy Walker, I took one of their first Zenprov workshops in their apartment um, in Chicago. So yeah, I, I was I was on a roll. I took workshops everywhere I possibly could take them. And then I was teaching what I was learning at Toastmasters. And they invited me to uh, do a conference, Toastmasters conference here in Chicago. I said, Oh, okay. How many people do you think I'll have? And they said, Oh, 20, 25, probably in your workshop. I'm like, okay. So I show up 250 people in the room. (laughs) So I just looked out at everybody and I said, well, I'm an improviser. So let's improvise. So I got all 250 people doing improv and it was really fun. And I started getting hired people that were in that workshop said, you've got to come to my company. I said, wow, really? Okay. So then I started doing um, some research on, okay, improv for companies. So of course I got Kat Coppett's book, Training right. to Imagine. Right. Yep. And I don't know, I, I have it around here somewhere, but um, it has a million little bookmarks and everything else in it. And I used it as my Bible and started doing workshops for corporations. And then I met my partner, Jim Masir, he's a former Major League Baseball player, and he was in my Toastmasters workshop. And he said, who did he um, who did he, "I'm sorry, who did he play for?" Oh my goodness, uh, he played for the A's, Oakland A's. He was on the Moneyball team. 
and uh, he, he has a, he has a couple pages in the book Moneyball, <laughs> and uh, his joke is he was uh, they flew them all out to California to to film the movie Moneyball, but then it got bought out and he got replaced by Bat- Brad Pitt. He didn't really, but anyway. So <laughs> so, so anyway, you got a scene partner, and yes. So he well he uh, asked me to coach him because he wanted to become a. a a professional speaker, he, he was retired by that point. And I said, well, and I listened to him speak a few times. I said, well, your stories are really interesting, but you, you need to take some improv. You're really flat. (laughs) So he took my workshops and he came back to me and he said, you know what, we need to work together. And I said, well, I'm not even a baseball fan. Why would I want to work with you? I mean, I, you're great stories, but so we just started talking and I yes, ended it. And we've been working together for six years now. And he was born with a club foot and uh, one leg is shorter and his calf is atrophied and all of these things. Yet he played professional baseball for 10 years. He was on the Yankees. He's got a World Series ring. Just this amazing story. And so he inspired me so much and he taught me so much about teams and team building. And so we just kept um, having conversations about how does his work coincide with improv and with business and we have so much fun he's a great teammate so oh that's very very inspiring uh, with a club foot that's just hard to believe but it's incredible now you have your own company what's the name of your company it's called improv talk and so we do you know do workshops and for all i've done everything from dow corning and um, archer daniels and diners club to um to girls from the south side of Chicago, um, helping them build their confidence and things like that. So I just have so much fun doing what I do. I'm just so lucky. And you know, this is such amazing work. But so Ellen, I have a question. Um, Engineer sure. Landon here. Uh, how much on a scale of one to 10, how much have you thrown this back in your husband's face? <laughs> Oh, he's the one that throws it in my face. He goes, oh, wait a yes and me. Nice. Wait a yes and me. <laughs> yes. He, he he keeps an eye on that. So keeps me honest. <laughs> Definitely. Good question, Landon. Um, Landon, by the way, you want to introduce yourself? Oh, it's Sorry, just, Marco, it, I just... No, no worries. It's just me. I, and normally I just hang back and listen, but I just thought it was really incredible that all of this has led to so many opportunities for you. And, and it's been so wonderful that you've been able to, to capitalize and really use this stuff, you know, in a, in a way that is so much more broad than performance, which is something that I'm really passionate about as well. And, uh, and, and then you just flash back to that bar where, uh, he was so ready for you to quit. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he was totally humiliated that his wife just went out and made a total fool of herself on stage in front of friends and family. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, he's been a really good sport about it for sure. And um, so anyway, so, Margo, I you know, when I met you at the SN conference, one of the things that I wish I would have done, I started my college career to be a psychologist, but then I ended up getting so mad at the system. Um, of what they were teaching that I went into communications and other stuff. But so I so admire that you use this work with psychology or in therapy and, and working with people in that regard. And I, I just, I just think it's such a 
an amazing thing for you to be doing. Yeah, it's a real it's a real honor and a gift that I'm able to give back a little bit. And yeah, I just love it. It's so much fun to teach, um, especially when people maybe suffer from anxiety, which almost everybody is today. So, and um, working with children on the spectrum or with other issues. Um, and it's, but especially my work with people with Parkinson's, that's been, I've been doing that for about four years now. And even over Zoom, we still have those classes. So um, that's a good segue into, uh, w- yes. You do Zoom for I've Parkinson's been, patients? Yeah, I've been, I've been doing that for a while. We've been meeting for about four years. And when the pandemic started, um, they were willing to try it. And so we meet, you could come, we meet every Saturday morning at 1130 Eastern time. And they love having guests come in and visit with them. And uh, we've got people with Parkinson's, um, ALS, MS, other disorder, neurological disorders and care partners. So we have couples wow. as well as single individuals, and it's a lot of fun. It's a I lot would of fun. I would love to come, Margo. I've done a couple of of my mom lives in a in a retirement community up in Minnesota, and every once in a while they bring me up and I do some improv with them. And you know, it, it just we were the first time I did it, I said, okay, I'm going to start slow, and I just had them go around and and, and say their name out loud to the whole group. And I could just see the fear on the faces of so many of them that they were even going to say that in front of a whole group of people. And then when they did it, you could just see kind of they were delighted, like, oh, I'm I, I, you know, I'm recognized, so to speak. And I, I just think it makes such a difference for people, especially in those kinds of communities. But I never could figure out how I could do it with someone with part uh, uh, with. Um. um well, I guess, yeah. I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm just realizing that you said Parkinson's. You know, maybe not- Park- Parkinson's and dementia and Alzheimer's. Okay. So, for example, there is a wonderful woman named Jade Angelica, and she's been doing some fantastic work, um, very spiritual as well, which we know that Parkin- that improv is a spiritual process. In fact, this weekend, and we're talking now on October 16th, I think, there's something called the Embodiment Conference, and she's a speaker at that. And uh, Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and she's just fantastic. So, um, But I think there's so many ways we can use it, and even with dementia, we can tailor the games, we can modify the games. And uh, Second City, uh, I didn't realize they had done it, before me, I thought it was so unique, and Second City actually did it before me, but Dr. Bega and uh, Lisa Bainey was with them, I think, and some other great folks. So, uh, yeah, but uh, getting back, I'm I'm so admiring your career, getting out and speaking with all these companies and making a difference. Do you Are you a member of Applied Improv Network? I am. In fact, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this. I, I just joined the board. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, Applied Improv Network really saved my life, I say for sure, in March because, you know, we we had all these events scheduled and, of course, they were all canceled. And uh, so I just immediately started going to all the open spaces. It's called Open Space for the Applied Improv Network, where you go on and these uh, Erica Marks and, and Leaf... I think, and who else? I can't remember all the people involved. Um, 
off the top of my head. But anyway, these amazing people created this space for us to go on and start sharing games and ideas on how do we bring this online. And at the same time, uh, I was I checked the Facebook page, the AIN Facebook page every day. And this wonderful woman in, in the Netherlands put this word out there. She said, hey, now that we can't have conferences, there's so many AINX talks. Is anyone interested in helping me do a watch do watch parties for these AINX talks? So, so I said, hey, I don't know how to do anything, but anything I can do to help, I'm happy to. So I've been working with Angelina Castellini ever since March. Um, she used to be the AIN uh, support person. So oh, such a smart woman. She's half my age, but we're such great buddies. She's amazing. And so we've been airing all of these these watched uh, these uh, uh, AINX talks and I've been, and we bring the speakers in and we get people gathered and watch the talk. And then we all talk about the talk and it's just been amazing. And then all of that hit with George Floyd and, and uh, everything turned upside down. So we took a hiatus and we decided we wanted to make it more inclusive around the world. And, And so we started recruiting new hosts and we spent three months training these new hosts. And now we just, just launched two weeks ago with our new hosts. And so, yeah, AIN has taught me and given me so many opportunities to grow and learn and expand and, and the conferences. Have you been to any of the conferences? No. And I'm really sorry. I missed them when at Stony Brook because of Alan Alda and Aretha Sills. I'm so sorry. I couldn't make that one. But uh, it's terrific. And now they have a certified practitioner. Have you reached that level as a certified practitioner? I've got all the boxes checked. I just haven't, uh, I haven't <laughs> applied yet. It's like Toastmasters. I, I have my, I had my, uh, all of my boxes checked for my, my distinguished Toastmaster. And um, a friend of mine just started kicking my butt la- uh, two months ago. She said, you, er, he said, you have got to get this in get this done. So I did. And now, so I got my, my uh, distinguished Toastmaster certification and now I'm going to get my applied or my cert- certified practitioner too. So there's, there's somebody you need to check out. His name is Peter Margaritas and I met him through Jay Suko and, um, and I can send you his information, but he is a, a member of NSA and does a lot of speaking to, and is an improviser. And he just does wonderful presentations. His classes are terrific. I've taken some of his classes. And I just, for me, the pandemic um, has been an opportunity to take many, many, many hours of classes and workshops and drop-ins. And, you know, I feel bad about it, but what's going on certainly, but what an opportunity. I you know, about maybe six or seven hours a week, I'm in some kind of class. And so it's really helped me a lot. I have to go and check those uh, AI and X talks as well. Um, but it says a terrific organization. So, so I got what's, ahead of- what's your favorite class that you've taken so far? What do you recommend? I mean, I'm sure they're all wonderful, but. Well, I did. I'm part of the Vintage Improv Festival. Oh, I, yes, I yes. classes with them. I'm, I'm, and Jay Suko is my favorite fave right now. I, he has a happy hour on Mondays at noon Eastern time and nine uh, Pacific time. And you can find out about it on Jay's Facebook. And uh, it's a drop-in class for an hour. And it's the most funnest hour of the week. I laugh, oh. I laugh, I laugh. I just have so much fun. 
Um, and I've enjoyed working uh, via Zoom. Even before the pandemic, I've worked online with Dave Rosowski, and um, I'm taking classes with Aretha Sills. Oh, um, yes, wow. and she's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And who else? Oh, just I just love it so much. So, but Jay's kind take, of. Did you take Jill Bernard's class in the Vintage Festival? Oh, I wish I had. I, I wish I had. That. Because I think that was the worst interview I ever did. I, I really want to interview her again because I kept talking about her hair. I will listen to her. Why did you keep talking about her hair, Marco? You know, nobody's going to see her anyway. Anyway, that's one I would like to do a redo of. But she's fantastic. You know, I really admire her. And there's so many great women in improv. So I want to get back to AIN for a minute because I've been a member for a long time. And I, I think it's such a great organization because... It has all people from all walks of life using improv in various ways. And you're certainly a whiz at doing applied improv in the business world and the community and other places. So I really admire that. So how, how much have you been doing a lot of Zoom classes yourself? Are you teaching on Zoom yet? Actually, I, I jumped right in. I uh, had um, scheduled uh, every year this professor brings me into her communications class one night and I do improv for communications once a year for her classes and this year we she just said should we try this on zoom I said absolutely and that's when I jumped on open space I'm like help <laughs> and she also had so we did it and it was really fun and and they it worked out even better than in person so she said, well, you know, I teach another class for forensic accountants at Loyola. Do you want to do that too? So I did. And I had uh, 40 some eight forensic accountant accounting class students and they loved it. They went from, you know, very, you know, I love watching these transformations. You know, it's so fun. I mean, they go from, you know, very quiet and stoic to, you know, all of a sudden they come back from the breakout rooms and they're laughing and having a great time. And, oh, I just, it makes me so happy. Um, I'm working with the Chicago Dermatological Society. I'm working with their residents, um, having fun with that, and just um, all all kinds of random different things. My partner and I do something called the seventh inning stretch, where we spend 30 minutes to an hour with your team or a company or uh, organization, and we do resilience. We call it resilience training, but it's it's basically about connecting with each other because you know you everybody's on zoom meetings all the time and, and it's just, you're not connecting with people. So we have some fun and my partner tells some great stories. And um, so, yeah, we're doing, we're doing that. And we're just working on a couple of webinars now. I've never done a webinar. So we've been asked to do a couple webinars. Uh, that's my big new, Oh my gosh. <laughs> As Brene Brown the, calls it the FFTs. Have you heard that? Uh, Brene Brown calls it, um, I'll say effing first times, FFTs. <laughs> so there's been a lot of those for all of us, right? Where it's the first time for so many different things. But the other thing, though, is I've, I had the opportunity to take Beth Boynton's medical improv workshops at, in New York at Stony Brook at the conference for AIM. Wow. And I love I, Yes, she's amazing. And I was just so taken with her and all of her work. So I stayed in touch and I started referring her, trying to refer her around to different um, organizations. Then I started getting asked to do medical improv. And so I started uh, 
talking to her more. And so she invited me to assist her train the trainers for medical improv. And that we just finished our second time. And oh my gosh, talk about a happy place. She's just amazing, has so much to offer the medical community. That must have been a great training. I'm so excited for you doing that. I mean, that's really just amazing. And that's where I saw your name initially with Beth and thought, oh, I'd like to talk to Ellen. That would be really fun. So that's very, very exciting. Um, I'm doing one with her in November, I think. I will be there. And you'll be there. All right. That's going to be wonderful. So much. Tell them more about it because it's open, I think, to people, right? I think it. I'm not sure. I think there's a, a fee, isn't there, or not? Um, well, I, I can't remember right now either, but I know it's going to be amazing because you and Beth in one room talking is thank <laughs> it's you. going to be incredible. Thank you so much. You know, it, it is really going to be wonderful. Um, and I was going to add to that, I, I'm going to speak primarily about my work with Parkinson's and other neurological disorders and care partners because you know, there's so many care partners today of all in this country, people, you know, the sandwich generation taking care of their parents and their kids, um, care partners who may be aged, as well as caring for a sick spouse or significant other. So it's so important to bring improv to them however we can. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. What, what do you do for the care caregivers. I'm so curious about that because, yeah, it's exhausting for people. Well, it's a respite for them. And uh, right now I'm doing groups with a combination, care partners or with their significant others. And some people in the groups do suffer dementia or mobility issues or speech issues, but it's a time for them to play and be together. And doing games like gibberish has been a wonderful way to improve communication between spouses so, but the care partners, I'm, I'm hoping to start a, just a pure care partner group as well, because they need that respite. And, you know, one of the big things in working with like Alzheimer's and dementia is to not deny them when somebody says, you know, um, isn't it great to be in Atlantic City today? You yes and them instead of trying to bring them to whatever reality we think we're in. And that's an important piece for all of them, I think. So it's educational, it's fun, and uh, relieves the spirit. So I could talk about that all day, but I won't. So Ellen, um, I have really enjoyed speaking with you today. And when the podcast comes out, we're going to have links to all the wonderful things that you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And you've been fantastic. Yes. Hey, Landon, do you have another question for Ellen? Oh, uh, let's see, Alan. Uh, what's your favorite dessert? Oh my goodness, my favorite dessert. Well, the thing that comes to mind because I don't eat desserts that often. Uh, but the thing that comes to mind none of us do, Alan. None of us eat dessert ever. We all skip <laughs> it. I understand, but if no, hypothetically, my my. my, my my go-to is chips and uh, things like that. So I'm a salty person most of the time. Yeah, me but, too, uh, actually. But yeah, grasshoppers. Oh, so good. Ice cream grasshopper. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's a, I love that. Have answer. you had one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So you can just imagine, you know, you take your spoon and you put that cream to mint tasting ice cream in your mouth. Oh, so good. So, so good. That's, so Landon, yeah, you perform great. improv, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. I've, I've. That is awesome. I, I, I was into improv troops. Um, I perform here in Chicago at uh, a theater called Laugh Out Loud in Schaumburg, and uh, when the pandemic hit, I started running the troops online. So now I'm running two improv troops, and we're going to be doing some shows and things like that. But it's so much fun online, wouldn't you agree? To perform it, to play. Yes, and initially I was very skeptical, um, but I do think that, and and even teaching, and I've had conversations with Jay about this, and and Margo, we've talked about it too, but, you know, even with teaching and stuff, I find that I'm saying all the same things, you know, like (laughs) the the actual, like, you know, the scenes, they're they're not all that different, right? Like, it's still just exchanging information and building and, and creating with your scene partner, so... Uh, so the connection, you know, while not physical, uh, and so you, you kind of miss that sort of kinetic energy, um, you know, the, there's still a connection there between people, and I think that's what's really cool about it. Um, and then also the the huge silver lining is there's no, you know, physical geographical barrier. So we can play with whoever, wherever, whenever. Um, that's, that's been, you know, hugely, uh, hugely amazing for this whole, this whole time, a big silver lining for it, for sure. Oh, absolutely. One of my friends from a former troupe is actually joined my one troupe called Lobster Stole. She's in San Francisco and I'm just delighted to be playing with her again and doing improv with her again. It's so fun to make, you're right. Making all these connections, bringing people back. So very, very fun. It's really cool. Yeah, I play yeah. with people that are in Japan and Australia and London and all over. I'm sure you have. One of the cool things I've recently discovered with the help of Jay is that we can create the same background as somebody else on Zoom. So it looks like we're in the same room. And um, yeah, it's really, really cool. So uh, this has been such a delightful interview today, Ellen. And I can't wait to work with you some more. I'm so I admire so much what you've done with improv, helping so many people. It's just tremendous. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. And I think I'm going to be seeing a lot more of you. I have a feeling. I sure hope so, Margo, because boy, I, I have all, I've admired you for so long. And this is mutual admiration society, I guess here. And Landon, it's been so fun to get to know you a little bit as well. And I, I, you know, I'm not familiar with Jay Suko. I am going to become familiar with Jay Suko. I'm going to see, check these happy hours out for sure. Just friend him on Facebook and you'll be flooded with updates. <laughs> <laughs> he he is a great, he's the great connector. He is, you know, is. this is a Jay Suko show, but I mean, he has just connected with so many people and uh, such a great teacher and mentor. So, um, and I know you are too, Ellen. So maybe one of these days I'll take a class with you. That would be fun. That would be really, really fun. Really fun. Maybe we could do a Susan Messing class today. She's she's my all time favorite teacher. Yeah, you know, I did a two day with she and Rachel uh, oh. a month or so. It was like two full days with them. Uh, it was amazing, just amazing. So, and you are too. So I love everybody here in our Zoom room today. And Ellen Schneider, you what a delight you are. We're going to see more of you. And um, do you have any words to maybe women of a certain age that are thinking they might want to try it, but are kind of fearful? What kind of advice would you give them? I love that question. And I would say to them that it changed my life. I didn't start it until I was in my, in my fifties. So I, 
was I did not understand how much I looked to others for my own validation. I was raised to do that. And improv taught me that I needed to, instead of looking at how do people react to me and and do they like me and, and am I making a good impression? Now I look at other people and I say, I really am interested in you. And oh my gosh, you know, tell me more about you. And, and it, it flips the lens a little bit a lot of bit and it makes life so much more fun um, and so much less stressful when you go into new situations and it is so much fun to do improv it is beyond fun you will laugh like you've never laughed and try on new ways of being you know Kathy Salet I'm sure you know Kathy Salet she calls it a new performance options can try. I'll never forget in my second city class, I was uh, playing, I, I took the job of mom very seriously, which is why my son said, mom, you're not funny. So I started playing these characters like I became a bad mom in one scene and I was the worst. I literally put the other girl in tears. I was so horrible. And after that, and I'm not proud that I made her cry, but what I realized is that there's so many different parts to me that I didn't allow to come out. And you just start discovering so much, so much. It's just a great discovery process and fun and all of that. There, how's that? (laughs) That's beautiful, Ellen. And I have really enjoyed and laughed a lot speaking to you today. I want to thank you so much for coming on our show. And I look forward to other great things coming from you. Again, thank you too, Margo. Okay, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and look forward to you joining us next time on Improv Interviews with Margot Escott.